0: It's been a few years since we've done one of these live shows from HomebrewCon, but I'm happy that we can bring you another one now. You're going to notice that the format is a little different than what we usually do, uh, mainly because we're drinking a lot of beer during it. But uh, sit back, relax, listen to some great info from Julia Hers of the American Homebrewers Association and Mike Brennan of BSG. Then listen to us make fools of ourselves as we taste all these delicious beers that people brought for us to taste. We're grateful to them. We're grateful to you. Enjoy all of that right after these messages. This episode of the Experimental Brewing Podcast is brought to you by you our listeners go to experimentalbrew.com to help support us click on the Patreon link to donate whatever amount you like to the podcast and our charities click on the brew your own magazine link to subscribe to BYO or click on the AHA link to join the American Homebrewers Association part of the proceeds from those will go to help support the podcast and thanks for your support the ultimate all-in-one electric homebrewing system is here. The new Grainfather G40 can produce up to 11 gallons of beer and features all the latest advancements in homebrewing technology, including wireless control so you can monitor your brew day from the Grainfather app. With an innovative new grain basket design that improves workflow, reaching mash efficiencies of 75% or more is easy. The 3,300-watt heating element brings your wort to a boil quickly without any scorching, and the large hop plate filter guarantees that no unwanted grain matter or hop tube reaches your fermenter. Every G40 comes standard with a high-powered built-in pump that can handle temperatures over 200 degrees Fahrenheit and a full three-year warranty that guarantees that you will be able to keep on brewing no matter what. The new Grainfather G40 is available now at your favorite homebrew retailer or online at grainfather.com. It's just about time, it's just about time, don't you think it's about time, we talked about beer, so come on in, come on in. yourself a beer. Okay, this is the part where everybody sings. Beer, beer, beer,
1: beer.
2: Beer, beer.
1: Beer, 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 beer. Beer, beer. beer
2: is here. <laughs> beer, beer,
1: beer, beer. It's
2: not just near. Beer. <laughs> beer,
3: beer, 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 beer. It's in
2: my glass. <laughs>
0: Hey, hey, beer fans! Welcome to Experimental Brewing with Denny and Drew, live from HomebrewCon 2023 in San Diego, California. We're glad to see you. We're glad for you to see us.
3: Amen. <laughs>
0: We're going to do a bunch of stuff today that's off the wall. We're going to have guests. We're going to have beer tastings. We're going to have swag giveaways. So stand by, ready to answer trivia questions. Awful trivia questions.
3: Trivial trivia
0: questions. Awful trivia questions. But before we do any of that, we're going to talk to the hostess of this whole party, Miss Julia Hers, the Executive Director of the American Homebrewers Association, Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing all this.
2: Danny and Drew, right back to you and everyone that's hovering around and listening. Thank you for making this happen. I'm excited.
0: <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's always such a fun party. It, it, it's a little different this year, and I, I'm digging that.
2: fermentation vacation, baby.
0: <laughs> well, I, I like the outdoor activities and stuff. That's okay. really, really been fun. Well, and
3: so far we've done what? We've had the competition's been competied. Right, everything's been judged.
1: Yes,
3: it's all it's all decided, and now just in secret ballots stored in a sealed mayo jar on somebody's <laughs> porch. If you're old enough to get that joke, go talk to your doctor. Uh, <laughs> we've done pro night last night with, uh, out there on the flamingo lawn, and everybody's gearing up for what is always the the highlight: the club night.
2: Club so, night tonight. That's a, there's a phrase. Club night tonight. <laughs> club night tonight.
0: So, how many clubs have we got pouring tonight?
2: Um, a little over 20. Wow. And they are from different areas of the country, too, not just California. And it is in this beautiful courtyard area. San Diego brought us sun and fun. This weekend setting up, it was actually cloudy. Oh, yeah. So, I think we're blessed. Yeah. And um, I, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, we've got great weather today.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, see, and I remember, I think it was the very first homebrew con that we did here at the Town and Country. Club night was in here, where we are right now. It like So it's nice to be able to go outside because we are in sunny Southern California. But, yeah, to your point, last week's weather was awful. It was gray. It
0: was like a <laughs> high of 65. Look, or whatever. Drew,
2: don't curse a good thing. Can we move on already? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's homebrew con karma. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. So I think that uh, we need to address the elephant in the room, Julia. Yeah,
2: what? This uh, guy here. I know. American Homebrews Association Governing Committee Recognition Award 2023. Congratulations to Drew Beecham. Thank you. And then, while we're at it, Governing Committee, American Homebrewers Association recognition award 2022 winner, Denny Kahn.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Although uh, I, I've heard rumors that the order was decided to keep me from making fun of Denny.
0: Well, you know.
2: <laughs> I think the point is, a, you two are a pair, and your bookends of such a great yin and yang, um, wonderful educational space, and to get that award is something that's very coveted. It was it was given to you both by your peers, yeah. and your contributions are there's no words to uh, to really state it, and I'm I'm grateful for what you've all influenced me in, and, and I'm actually drinking. My uh, Denny Kong beer hey. from the BSG booth over there. You should certainly taste That's it. That's right. If you
0: guys have not tried Denny Kong yet, go over there and get it. And I'm sorry, all you people out there in podcast land, you're out of luck.
2: And tell me about it while I'm sipping it, Denny.
0: Well, this was, uh, you know, we, we did our seminar yesterday on modern hopping techniques for West Coast IPA. and Which Drew. A
2: mouthful.
0: Yeah, right. Drew wanted to have a beer that would demonstrate some of what we're talking about. So uh, he knows Kelsey McNair at North Park, so we got together with Kelsey. And through a uh, laborious and sometimes heated process, we, we hashed out a recipe. Believe it or not, I was kind of a jerk about it. Wait, now let's it.
2: hover there for a moment, shall we? What was so contentious? What was heated? Where were the issues?
0: Crystal malt was oh, the issue.
2: okay. Sticking points there.
0: Uh, I wanted a little bit in there. Drew and Kelsey said no.
2: Hells yeah, Denny. I'm total fan. Don't listen to them. And did it, did it end up in there? No. no. Oh, well, it's great. You didn't
0: eat it. <laughs> we uh, they ended up with some Vienna. Bannermalt instead. That okay. was that was the
2: compromise. Just, there's a big difference there. Oh,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, 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 yeah.
3: That's very much in the California vein, right? So that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little Vienna, a little Munich, and so Kelsey and I pushed back, and we got our way.
0: One of the interesting things about that beer is that there's an experimental product from YCH in there okay. uh, called Trial 702.
3: It's very it's catchy.
0: A, yeah, right. It's a, it's a flowable product. Uh, you know, not kind of like a. An extract, an oil, not exactly, but it's made from citra hops. And they, you know, that may be out in the commercial world in about a year and then out for home brewers not too long after that. But uh, Super fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It was good playing with new toys.
0: Yeah, and you know, I, as long as we're talking about this beer, I, I really should thank uh, our sponsors who provided all the ingredients. Uh, BSG provided all the malt for the beer, uh, Yakima Chief Hops provided all the hops, and Y Yeast provided the yeast. And thank you, thank you, sponsors. We couldn't do it without you.
3: It's always easier to get a beer made when you can say, we have free ingredients. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Kelsey McNair at North Park did a great job of putting it all together. So, Julia, what do we need to look forward to from the AHA in the next year?
2: You know, one of the things we're going to be talking about, the member gathering today, so I hope everyone comes to the member gathering at 4 o'clock. We'll be celebrating what's new. And um, some of what we already hopefully have our members aware of is things like Zymergy Live, our events and education subcommittee with the governing committee members have rolled up their sleeves AHA is a new webinar exclusive to AHA members on a monthly basis. Wow. Um, rolled out that in January. Charlie Papazian, Dr. Charlie Banfor, Stan Hieronymus, Sarah Flora, Ashley Carter's coming up. We're going to be doing Zymergy Live today at 3 p.m. over in the corner of the Social Expo with Justin Crossley of Brewing Network and Shauna Kremier, who's the governing committee member. So I love the fact that we have Zymergy Live. We also have new things at this conference, besides just fermentation vacation, where the sessions are starting later. Thank you. Yeah, um, That was a niggle to my part, like last year in Pittsburgh. I'm like, Can we, we're homebrewers. We have the power to not get up so early. <laughs> so we've changed things this year where it is taking into account more of the attendees' uh, wishes and needs. And so we had an industry coalition meeting of two hours. Where uh, the stakeholders, 70 plus people, RSVP to talk about the future of home brewing and how that group, as suppliers, as wholesalers, as beer educators, could really get at what's next of next in home right. brewing, and I'm love to talk about that. We did the boot camp for club officers for two hours on Wednesday night.
0: That's a cool idea, and that's something brand new, isn't
2: it? Absolutely. Everything I'm mentioning is new, and the boot camp brought together 50-plus club leaders who, on the Wednesday night before, came in a day early even, some of them, to talk about how clubs, homebrew clubs, can help each other and how the leaders can give each other tips and tricks and make things a little better for those clubs that are all volunteer-based and working hard. So, I mean, the, the list is we've started to kind of come back out of the phase where, you know, everything during COVID was like some things got paused, some things in the world we all had to reassess. Right. Um, but the aj has got new things in the mix. I'm very excited. I,
0: and that's that's really cool. That's what keeps it new and exciting. Yes. <laughs> new and exciting keeps it new and exciting. Duh. Totally. <laughs> um,
2: and la- another one is announced last night, although we had already shared it with our members weeks ago, Home Fermentation Day. August 5th, yeah. first Saturday, we're evolving longstanding Mead Day, total ode to Mead, to have been the anchor. And now let's create a space where homebrewers are thinking and, and looked at as leaders in all things fermentation and using that day and date on an annual basis as an anchor.
3: See, and that's good because I one of my goals for this year was, and I've said it to the podcast listeners before, is I want to explore more fermentation stuff. Like, you know, I've got my, I've got my new crock. A shiny new crock for making... You've
0: uh, had a crock for a long time, buddy. <laughs> full of crock.
3: But, you know, I've got a new crock, and I'm going to make pickles and sauerkraut and kimchi in that thing.
2: Awesome. Wow. And my husband does yogurt, right, in our, um, our pressure cooker. Yeah, and my he, wife makes yogurt, he too. He has started to really be in that space. And, and, you know, we have the ability to publish these recipes and do sometimes and even lean in further in future years if we get traction from the members on it.
0: Right. Yeah,
3: I, I, I love the idea of fermentation as magic. Yes. It's alchemy. And it just happens to be alchemy that we can do.
2: My Instagram channel is at Immaculate Fermentation. Like, I, I totally back you up on that. Totally. Great.
0: I can't wait. So, what else do we need to know, Julia?
2: I don't know, Denny. That's a leading question. <laughs> you well, need, I'll tell you what you need to know. Um, Homebrewing's fun, right? It, we lead with that. It's exploration, it teaches us about ourselves, it teaches us about each other. Um, you all set the tone on don't make it too complicated unless you want to. Right. Right?
0: That that was one of my favorite AHA slogans ever. Homebrewing isn't rocket science unless you want it to be. Yes. Because that is so true. You know, you can do whatever you want to do. It's your thing. You you know, I may laugh at your beer, but that doesn't mean you did it wrong.
2: That's right. Absolutely right. And I think I'm seeing trends like, and we have one of the talks is small batch brewing, one gallon. Mm Mm-hmm right, brew in a bag, all grain, batches, very, very powerful stuff, or not even brew in a bag with smaller equipment. Um, I think in the future, on my mind, is like energy sources to how we brew. I see solar brewing eventually coming on. Wow. And I'm into mobile brewing, and yeah. I really think that small batch with energy source from the sun, that could be the future of home brewing.
3: Well, And listeners, if you go back a couple of weeks or a couple of episodes ago now, You'll you'll hear the interview that we did at uh, Southern California Home Brewers Festival. Yes. Yeah, and you were mobile brewing. You had a little propane butane stove top out there making a one gallon batch.
0: You know, and that is the best way to represent the AHA. It is. You don't just go there and talk. You, you like walk the talk. You brew the talk.
2: Absolutely. And when you all or we listening, if we're active homebrewers already, when you talk to people that haven't. It's a harder proposition in their head. It's like starting golf or fly fishing or any type of activity. A lot of investment in their brain, right? Oh, what if I'm not making world-class whatever? Mm -hmm. And so I think that we're here because we should demo for people. We should be showing people on their level how they can brew. Right. And so getting them to come to you is one way because you're probably brewing in a more advanced manner. But going to their home, just brewing stovetop and buying them a kit – But not stopping there. Buy them a kit and say, what's our date that we're going to brew it at your house together? And then what's our date we're going to follow up and bottle that beer together? And getting their hands dirty with it in their own space, I think, could create that 10 or 100th batch for that person. You
0: know, and that's exactly how I got involved. I had a business partner who had been homebrewing for a little while, and I didn't think I had, like, the the time or the space to be able to do it. And so he had me come over to his house and, and show me exactly how it all worked. And the next week, I was brewing. Yes. You know, so... You got it. Yeah.
3: Well, and it's kind of the inverse of... Uh, one of the ideas I've always had was drag... it You know, we do a lot of homebrewing demonstrations in public or, uh, like, at our homebrew shop, for instance. Mm-hmm. And that's, to your point, that's, you know, okay, that's everybody doing their thing that way. And my, my whole thing was getting people to come brew with me to see how I do it, or yeah. I go brew with them to see how they do it.
1: That's
3: great. I right. like the idea of, like, no, no, we're going to take this over to your space and do that now.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's nothing like brewing with somebody else. I often tell the story about how for the first couple of years when I brewed, I would bottle, kneeling down on my kitchen floor, you know, the bucket up on the counter and stuff. And my knees would be so sore I could barely stand back up afterwards. And I went over to a friend's house, and he was, like, putting... You know the bottles on a chair and sitting on a chair and stuff, and I realized that I was doing what I'd done because I'd seen people doing that in the joy of Home Brewing in Charlie's book, <laughs> and I thought, oh, that was that's how you do it. And I was even like dressing in the '80s clothes and everything, just like they were. But you know, right. brewing with other people really kind of like yes. expands yes. your outlook on things because My mind
2: short circuits on like how did I not see that exactly. as an option with the same equipment maybe, and you get then shown something that they already figured out as a hack. And you're like, I'm never turning back. I'm yeah. going to incorporate that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. My wife laughed at me for hours when <laughs> I figured that out. <laughs> well, but I think
3: this is also a very good point that the other thing that people need to do is don't be afraid to ask questions. Even if you're not necessarily brewing with others, ask questions of those around you who you know brew uh, because you'll learn some things. And I do that all the time. Like, uh, for instance, we were talking about dip-popping, right? Dip-popping right. is part of this beer that, that we're pouring, the Danny Kong. And I've never done it at home. And so I, I went out and I asked a bunch of people, okay, wait, how do you dip hop? What,
2: what does it, that what mean? It, yes, please, tell me. I'm, I'm not going to be shy. What is it?
3: So dip hopping is a way to say, okay, what if we did whirlpool hopping but did it in such a way that we could capture all the oils that might otherwise get volatized, right? Okay. And so in the commercial world, that means taking like 5 to 10% of your wort, putting it into the fermenter while hot, so cool it down a little bit, 170, while hot, add a charge of hops in there, let that sit while you're cooling the rest of the batch of beer and pulling that wort in on top of it. Okay. And so the whole idea is you warmed up the hops, you extract some oils, you keep the volatiles inside the tank.
0: It, it, it's kind of like whirlpooling without the whirlpool.
3: Well, it's whirlpooling without the venting. Yeah, right, yeah. Um, right,
2: yeah. contained almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and, this is very clean. The hot profile is also very It's pronounced. not
0: amazing. Yeah. yeah, and it's
2: not too oily, right? Yep. I yep. get a lot of oily hot beers these days, and I don't think that was intended.
0: Uh, no, no, definitely not. Um, and, and part of that is due to that uh, trial 702 stuff. Uh, part of that is due to the fact that that beer has a charge of dextrose in it, which helps cut down the body and makes it a lot more drinkable. You know, but yeah, I I have to admit that I'm I'm really happy with the way that one came out.
3: So. Well, I gotta say, so far, love and life. Nice sunny weather. Tonight we get club night. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, you know, it's it's going to be one of those. Uh, I'll be I'll be running around with a recorder going. All right, tell me about the spear because this is awesome. <laughs> and that's that's what I love. Uh, you know, yesterday when when the award was given out, uh, one I knew nothing about that. The only, the only thing I had an inkling about was uh, Denny told me, uh, "Hey, you got to be at this thing. Don't ask me any questions
0: because he knows me. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm
3: like a um, he wouldn't AD, have done it. Oh, I'm an ADHD sort of inflicted golden retriever. Ooh, shiny. Uh, and so that was my only inkling. But if I, if I'd had a chance to say something to the people, I will say one of the things that I've always loved about homebrewing and what I think is important about homebrewing, It's not just the fact that we're making beer or fermentation at home. It's that there are these wonderful communities of people that are all built up around homebrewing.
1: Yeah.
3: Uh, you know, like big cities today, it's so hard to find your crowd. You know, it used to be, oh, you go to church. Your church was your crowd, that sort of thing. If you're not that person, what do you do? And like homebrewing to me has always provided that. Yeah. And that's been the biggest thing. That's the reason why I, I do podcasts or work with my club and whatnot is because I love that community of people.
0: Yeah, I agree. They're a bunch Beer. of damn dorks. Beer is great, people are better.
3: Exactly.
2: Truth.
0: (laughs) Julia, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy, busy day.
3: I I suspect there's lots of things still needing to be done.
2: Um, Yes, there are. So homebrewersassociation.org is still an actively fueled portal body of work. Log into your account, AHA members, so you get access to the member-only content. Stay tuned to what we got new. We're just getting warmed up, and I think there's a lot more for brand homebrew to go. <laughs> and scripting what that is is up to this community's, you know, circa 2023's uh, vision, and I'm excited to be a part of it.
0: Thanks a bunch. It's a blast.
2: Here's to you all. Cheers.
0: Thank you. I ran out of <laughs> I think it's time for a giveaway, huh? I think so, too. Who wants some swag? <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right. What do we got? We got lovely gifts from our friends here at BSG, because remember, we're here at the BSG booth right now. Uh, giving away uh, prizes, RAR, Wireman. What else do we have? We got all sorts of We stuff. got all this kinds no, got of stuff. We got still spirit shirts. Why don't you, why
0: don't you grab something out? And...
3: All right. I've, I've been seeing a lot of people picking at these out of the box and eyeing them. They're fantastically wonderful, colorful, stripy, wireman socks. Because we all need new socks in our life, right? So, Denny, how are we doing this?
0: Ask a question.
3: You ask a question.
0: Okay. uh, First one to answer. What was the last beer you brewed? Okay. Next. Do a wireman hat. Again, what was the last beer you brewed? (laughs)
3: how about a dinosaur okay uh, uh, if if nobody gets these I'm taking one of these because I think
0: this is freaking adorable (laughs) Uh, another question Uh, what kind of malt goes into a German pilsner (laughs) (laughs) all right
3: also a wireman tin tacker I love these things too
0: Uh, your turn for a question
3: Uh, all right what sort of fermentation technique should you use while making saison? I toss this, but that would be a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly, it's like Captain America come to life, only uh, with bad aim. Get a shirt out of there. Get a shirt out of there. All right. Uh, all right. We'll give away a Still Spirits shirt, grandfather shirt. What's that? Uh, this is a double XL.
0: Double XL. That's homebrewer medium. <laughs> <laughs> all
3: right. Uh. uh... Hey, what was the original IPA malt? It's available right over there.
0: Forget it. That's too obscure.
3: Oh, fine. All
0: right. (laughs) Uh, What kind of beer are you drinking now? Okay.
3: (laughs) None? All right. You already got a prize, right? Yeah. All right. Here. (laughs) All right. And I think we'll get Mike here. Mike, why don't you come over and grab on a a mic, and we'll, we'll do one last one here. Uh, let's go ahead and we'll Let do... Let Mike ask the question. Yeah, let's... what uh, you a question? Yeah, Mike, you ask a question. Uh,
4: what's a good question to ask this crowd? Uh...
3: Apparently, you have to keep it simple.
4: Simple. Uh, so. <laughs> there we go. Hey, everybody, how's that working? Yeah. Uh, good question. Uh, what is uh, the highest temperature for a beta mash? <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> Is that too much? Oh, come on.
0: What day is
4: this? That'll get you alpha, but 150, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, how about... Wait, wait, uh, we had a Friday. Oh. There okay. we go. <laughs> I got one more good one. Okay. All right. I have in my hand the Gardziski, which is a... What kind of malt do we use for this? We've got smoked first, yeah. So smoked. It's 100% oak smoked malt. This is Vyromant, which is why you have all the cool Vyromant signs around.
3: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have to say I'm, I'm digging the collection of ingredients that we get to have here. Because so it's yum! All right, Denny, do your thing.
0: So everybody, this is uh, Mike Brennan from BSG. Hey everybody. Mike uh, Mike knows everything about everything. <laughs> besides,
5: he, he knows
3: where all the bodies are buried.
0: Yeah, besides uh, being a, a brilliant uh, product manager for uh, BSG, Mike is a long-time home brewer and a BJCP judge uh, of impeccable taste. Makes me uh, embarrassed to even say that I've done it. Um, but so, what do we have to look forward to in terms of products coming down the pike?
4: You know, this year has been a lot of fun with product development. Uh, BSG is is actually part of a much larger entity. Obviously, you know, RAR Malting, which all our malts are over here. We also bring in malts from all over the world, especially, obviously, we have Vireman here today. We bring in malts from, uh, you know, various parts of Europe, Simpsons, Chris Malting Company of Ireland. Uh, But... One of our subsidiaries is Bevy, and which is who has all the cool toys over here to the left of you, uh, Denny. Yeah. So you know, obviously the still spirits line for home you know, small batch distillation. Check your local laws. And also uh, brewing equipment. You know, we've had our quintessential G30. That line has expanded to the, G, you know, the G70. Now we have the G40. But with well, so
3: those... and, and also, the, the G30 continues to be modified, right? There's a new malt pipe to it. And...
4: Yeah, actually, the one that we have here is the new version 3. And if you have an old one, you can actually retrofit all the new components on There's not many new things on there, but we have a new perforated mash yep. basket. Uh, we got rid of the hard reset button that's on the bottom. Right. Um, well, you can't <laughs> get to it when you have 45 pounds of very hot liquid in there. But,
3: you know, uh, so it's that one's soft. always kind of a little
4: awkward. It's a little scary, yeah. So as that's upgraded, we continue to do that. So yeah, that was new. Uh, A lot, we got to talk a little bit on that, you know, the sketchy side of home distill, small batch distillation. Uh, We've had the Air Still in market for years. We probably sold 25,000 plus of those into the U.S. market over the years. And uh, just this uh, last about in March, we released the new Air Still Pro. Which is the one uh, right to your All right, and what it is, it's it's called a reflux still. So traditional distillation, like a dome, is called a pot distillation. It means that it's, you can get one distillation. That's really nice for doing lower proof, like you know, you want to do a brandy base or something like that. You want to do something brown. Yeah, and when you want to go higher proof, so if you want to get a a, gra- a neutral spirit, a uh, a base for gin. The reflux still has that capability, and it's air-cooled. It's not water-cooled, so you're not running through a ton of water. You SoCal guys know that that's a, a very expensive commodity. Yeah,
3: yeah when, when I talked to Aaron about that that gizmo, he, he was like, yeah, it's air-cooled. I was like, good.
4: It's very cool, <laughs> and it's also automated. Um, it has some nice design elements, like there's a, a little collector jar on the side that takes about 25 milliliters. It collects those first runnings, what we call the heads. Those are the parts, that, the kind of nasty things you don't want. So it actually automatically collects those, closes the valve and then gives you the good stuff, the hearts. And it's wow. automatically controlled, it's set and forget. It's the e- it's the easiest way you can ever get in if you want to experiment with making distilled water or perfume. Essential or oils. Essential oils. Hop yeah. oils. Uh, hop oils, which, you know, it's a great way to upcycle uh, old beer. Um, you know.
3: <laughs> Bad wine. Uh, yeah. Again, fuel alcohol.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah, there's lots of uses.
4: And the final thing to talk about for products... I'm a big fan of having glycol. It's cool. It's fun. It's very yeah. expensive to get into, right? right? The barrier to entry to glycol is, can be some big bucks. We've had the four channel glycol chiller for several years. It's great. It's big. Yeah. It's $1,150 uh, uh, map price. It's a lot. And how many people? I mean, this is the crowd where, yeah, we might have people who have four ferments going at all times. Oh, not all times. Uh, right. But, you know, freely going. It's just, it's big. It's book It's whatever. Yeah. So we just released, and actually this shows its uh, premiere starting it, Is the GC2, the two-channel glycol chiller. It's much smaller. It runs two fermenters at one right. time. And it's also easier to ship. We can actually ship at UPS Ground. The other one we have to ship on a pallet. Right. So it's much easier to handle. I think it runs, I think the map price is 849 So wow. it's a much lower barrier to entry. If you don't have our, you know, the grandfather uh conicles, you don't need those. You can get. It's called the GCA, the Glycol chiller yeah, right. Adapter. Got one it's of a those. very simple kit. It's got an immersion coil. It's got a couple sensors. You can take any existing fermenter you have now, and you can drop it in there, and so you don't have to upgrade your fermenters immediately. Wow. But now you're on But now you're on Glycol. Now you have that precise temperature control. Uh, if you have a system that already has heating in it or, like our, our conicals, have a heating system built in, then you have completely precise temperature control. You yeah. can pre-program it. You can program, like uh, if you're loggering, you can program it to do your primary. You can let it step down and drop in the logger range, and then you can run it back up into a uh, diacetyl rest and all that pre-programmed, so you don't have to keep going over there.
0: Yeah, so. I mean, I, I love what you guys have done with the software. I mean, you know, it, it just keeps advancing and adding more features to it. It's
4: fun. Yeah. it's fun. It really is. And that's the whole point of the, the grandfather line is making uh, these products more and more accessible. Yes, it's it's quote premium to have stainless steel fermenters. However, once you once you have them, they're 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 gonna last you a lifetime. Yeah, right. You, know, you change your buckets out every year or two because they get, you know, they get that Brody. hop, you know, thing on them that you could never quite get rid of that smell, things like that. When once you're into uh, once you're into a, a a conical, once you're into stainless steel, uh, you're not dealing with that anymore. You're back right. to having clean ferments and again Precise temperature control, as you guys know, you can control what how your yeast behave. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge Belgian beer fan. I love, oh, yeah, I yeah, love yeah, doing yeah. Belgian Me triples. Too. And I'll have somebody's Belgian triple, and they're like, oh, I'm going to let my uh, ferment free run. And they're letting it get up, you know, before high and It's up in, like, high 70-degree range. And what you're going to get is just a giant bubblegum bomb out of it. Yeah, and, and, and
0: fusels, yeah. you know. It
4: horrifying. Yeah. So if you, you know, you hold your Belgian down... Those yeasts still like a little bit of temp. They don't like to go below 68. You get 70, 71 degrees, get past high croissant, and then let it walk up about one degree Fahrenheit a day for a bit, and you're going to get all those pretty tail esters on there that just do it. And most importantly, you're going to you're going to dry that beer out. Right. And a Belgian Which triple is, is very a, a bone-dry beer. It shouldn't be sweet. It's not supposed to have that sickeningly sweet flavor that's under attenuation. You want but that beer to dry out.
3: You know what this makes me think? He needs to be one of the judges.
4: Oh, for the triple, triple throwdown. down, the triple throwdown. Oh.
0: Drew and I have now challenged each other to see who can make the best triple.
4: Ooh. Well, uh, if I enter one of mine, then I can't, I can't <laughs> judge. <so. laughs>
0: no fair. We don't want
4: competition. <laughs> well, I'm, uh, I'm a hop, skip, and a jump from you, Denny. So I know, man. You, you uh, can uh, talk well, me into coming down anytime.
0: time. Uh, we we'll keep that. Maybe we'll just ship some up to you or something like that. Sure, so. sure. Mike, thank you so much, buddy. It's great to see you guys, yeah, you too, man, and thank you for giving us a home here this weekend.
4: Yeah, we'll have a great homebrew con. We are always uh, honored to have you guys as our guests.
0: Oh, all right, man. It's Good it's great. You. We'll do it again next year. Cheers. Cool. We're going to uh, do some beer tasting now with Jeff Rankert and Annie Johnson. When I'm done brewing, I want to be done brewing. Not waiting around for my work to cool. With the Hydra, the Corny Pillar, and the other great chillers from Jaded, I can be done when I'm done. No more waiting 20 minutes for the wort to cool enough to add whirlpool hops. No more messing with cleaning and sanitizing counterflow or plate chillers. With the super-fast immersion chillers from Jaded, you can chill your wort in minutes without all the hassle. Jaded chillers aren't just works of art. They're the fastest, most effective chillers you can buy. Check them out at jadedbrewing.com. Experience a -a one-of-a-kind hop and beer education event. Yakima Chief Hop's 20th Annual Hop and Brew School will be held August 29th through September 1st in Yakima, Washington. Come celebrate the excitement of Yakima Valley's hop harvest. Hop and Brew School is a highly interactive educational event surrounding every brewer's favorite ingredient, hops, Attendees can expect farm and facility tours, presentations from industry leaders, professional panel discussions, and advanced sensory experiences. Registration is open and tickets are limited. Visit Hoppinbrewschool.com slash Yakima to reserve your spot today. I'll be there and I hope you will too.
3: And now we get to the portion of the show where we drink.
0: Yes, yes. I don't allow myself to drink before we do this because then I always forget the name of the podcast.
3: Yeah, because we have we have a series of tastings coming up here, so we'll, we're going to have to make this quick.
0: Right. So a little backstory here. Uh, Jeff Rankert is an old friend, and I don't mean old like that. Uh, he uh,
3: although it's not inaccurate.
0: No, Jeff Jeff is a great brewer and. I, I, what was it, a year ago, year and a half ago, something like that? Uh, we sent you some, some Mecca Grade malt. April oh, look at that. April 2020.
5: No, 20, yeah, April 2020. It was right at the start of COVID.
0: So we, we sent uh, Jeff a bunch of mecha Grade malt because we loved it, and we wanted to see what he thought about it and what he could do with it. And now we have the results here. Well, we
5: did the Pilsner bag you sent us. We right. sent you guys a Pilsner. Right. We reviewed it.
0: We did that on the show, right? We
5: shipped it to you. We were on the show, and then uh, got that one done. And COVID got into, you know, it's high point. And then in November, I had my physical. Right. Yearly physical, and the blood PSA skyrocketed.
0: Right, and that's the other thing we want to talk about now, because Jeff is very much into pints for prostates due to his experience.
5: Yeah, so, you know, to make a long story short, right now I'm cancer-free.
0: All right!
5: had the operation, and my public service announcement, my PSA, (laughs) is that you should have your blood PSA checked, and that's your prostate-specific antigen, when the number goes up, it can save your life.
0: That's right. That's and right, so. man. And, I, I, you know, all you guys, take this seriously. Um, when, when does the Pines for Prostate event happen? Yeah,
5: we do a little one in our hometown in Milford, Michigan. Uh, last year, we got 30 tests and 30, 30 people got their PSA level. A lot of them didn't know. They were younger. Some people don't have insurance, but uh, of course, afterwards we heard, "This is great. We've, <laughs> we've got to do this next year."
0: Go well, great, and man! So
5: we're doing it November first, November fifth this year. Excuse me, November fifth.
0: Yeah, it, I mean, you know, keep your eyes open. If you have one of these events near you, take advantage of it. Uh, you know. Especially for us older guys, it, yeah. it can be a real lifesaver.
3: And for younger guys, because now it's a blood test. It's not something else. Um, all right.
0: So, Jeff.
1: And for you ladies, annual mammograms. Yes. Exactly. Yes.
0: As, as, as long as we're talking health and, tips here. Yeah.
1: And 3D instead of oh, yeah. 2D. 3D is what you want.
0: Yep. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So, what are we drinking? This is a rye pilsner. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
5: And... Not being uh, one to change too many things, though, I change a lot of things. I brew a classic American Pils or a pre-prohibition Pils every year, and I use 20% corn in that. So on this, I put in 20% rye. And, oh. and that's
3: it? And this is with the Pelton? Yeah. yeah.
5: Pelton. So the, no, the Rimrock rye.
0: Rimrock rye. Rimrock rye. And the, and
5: the Pilsner malt, I'd blown the, through all the other Pilsner malt from Mecca Grade, so it's a okay, other okay. standard pills.
0: That that and Rimrock Rye man just had such amazing flavor to It's it. got great flavor
5: and it loutered like a dream.
0: Yeah. I and know. I
5: looked up, you know, on their website, they had the uh, beta glucan level and it's right there with where barley is just yeah, about Yeah.
0: I know. So any next time somebody tells you that if you're brewing with rye you need to throw a bunch of like uh, hulls in there for lautering, that is not necessarily true. That is like a, a myth left over from the past.
3: Uh, And this one, I get that nice, crisp graininess that you would expect from a Wireman Pills. And then the rye at that 20%. I mean, 20% is an assertive
1: amount of rye.
5: Uh,
3: This is rye-forward. It's spicy, but it's not that oily, slicky, greasy thing that you can get sometimes with rye.
1: Agreed. It's not usually when I... I'm not a huge fan of rye, but this is very nice because normally I taste earthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I, I'm not a, a fan of, but right. this is excellent.
5: Yeah. I mean, well, this
1: is, I'm glad you don't you. enter competitions. <laughs> <laughs> not much anymore. <laughs>
5: not this much anymore. Excellent. Now, you know, my statement on this is, in the fridge, in the garage, there's three taps, and I've got a German pills, this rye pills, and a Rauch beer. And Susan, <laughs> right Susan often goes to the rye pills.
3: I'm, I'm Very, a, I knew
0: she had great taste yeah and uh,
3: then, I'm sensing a
5: trend in what Jeff grew is. yeah <laughs> it, it could be
0: those years he lived in Germany maybe a little bit <laughs> and we
5: go back often going back yeah. in September now uh, the hops I decided I'm going to use something spicy so I use sterling yeah. you know size derivative and I had had eight ounces to use up so I used two early at 60 and two ounces at 10 and four ounces in the whirlpool.
1: Wouldn't you do any um, fining or filtering? Because no. that's, that's it's gorgeous. Long,
5: long lagering. At, at, you know, I let it come that, down folks? and that's then brought it down eventually to uh, 30F and let it set at 30F.
1: It's what you want to do. I, I'm a fan of that, too. I, I've I've stopped fining and filtering beer. Second bottle. And just gone with um, a cold... Uh, cold, long maturation periods.
5: Yeah, and that drops things out.
1: And it really melds the flavors. It it develops. And it it's um, people worry like my beer sitting too long and they no. shouldn't not at cold yeah. temperatures. I like that. And
5: I keg, so everything's in a chest freezer at 30F. This is wonderful. This
1: well, is thank it. you.
5: It's really, really yeah, good. Can I
1: have a bottle for my the, room.
5: By the way, no, I, <laughs> <laughs> we just just went.
0: There's just two bottles.
1: Try so. some. There's yeah,
0: some for there. Yeah. For Pass it around. The, Pass that around out there, you guys.
3: Yeah, for everybody who's not uh, here live with us, uh, Denny Denny made the mistake of actually offering the the, the bottle to the crowd. <laughs> And it was suddenly like locusts descending. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So we opened up a second bottle there. All right, so that's the rye pills. And then we got, what is this?
5: This is a Doppelbach. Doppelbach.
0: Mm. So I had the Metulius,
5: uh, you know. Oh, the Munich. Munich. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a little darker than the Weirman uh, Munich 2. So it's even darker. So I used 25 pounds of it. And then I used uh, 2 pounds of Weirman Munich 2 just to give it a little breath. Uh, a little Kara one pound. I was kind of following Kai Troister's recipe you can find at brokaiser.com. Banana. And, and then uh, I used just a little Carafa for color and just a little melanoid, a pound of it. And this one, I think it's going to get better as I longer <laughs> it. It was brewed, oh, when? February 7th, 2023. Yeah, February 7th. So I mentioned by about. September, it's going to be drinking better.
3: That's good. It it has... Mm. I've used this descriptor before, and everybody who's not from New England gets confused. Uh, But it reminds me of brown bread. The the brown bread in a can.
1: So if you're from Boston... That's exactly it.
3: Because it's that same deep, dark, chewy, bready thing with a little molasses... Yeah, that kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I know you're saying, I oh, this will be, this will be even better in a, in a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, dude, it's been freaking fantastic.
5: Um, Thank you. I'm getting, getting good feedback here, guys. Charles. Uh,
0: yeah. Well, it doesn't suck, Jeff.
5: Well, and, well. Yeah. And I'm, I'm guessing what, like same
3: sort of hopping thing, like Magnum and, and Hallertauer. Yeah. It
5: was, it was Magnum, uh, one ounce at 60 and. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> we have the other one. Ounce and a half of Hallertauer. Oh, there's another one.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will, will there be the recipes on your I'm experiment going to send brewing?
5: Yep. I'll send them to Denny. Be. I've noticed a couple errors <laughs> that, I, that I'll change first. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's but, very
3: good. Yeah. Well, uh, so getting a little bit of the Doppelbach out here. If you haven't had some
0: of uh, Jeff's Doppelbach. Doppelbach. Anybody want to try uh, some of Jeff's Doppelbach? Right. Uh, I mean, again. Come on up. Just, come on up.
5: Yeah, on the website there will be, you know, the water treatment and all that, and fermentation and I'm pretty sure I used Diamond yeast on this one.
0: Oh, did you? I
5: used, I used Diamond on the other one, Denny.
0: There you go. It's a nice, crisp yeast. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, to
5: me again, you got just, oh. a, just enough hop here. Like,
3: yeah. in my taste, I would I got a little be bit like, more, a little left more hop. But that's because I'm a dummy. Well, and <laughs> and
5: but, God, no, that brown bread character is
3: just boy.
5: Yeah, that's, wow. that's delicious. Wow. I mean, get back to Germany often, like I said, and didn't get many Doppelbachs last. October, we're going back in September, probably won't find any, but, you know, had plenty of just regular box that were, as they call it, Bayerisch, where they throw the barrel on the table and tap it, and, some of those were very, very bready and all.
0: That's like getting in touch with history, isn't it?
5: it? And then, you know, we went to Schlenkerland when they had the Urbach Mm. release that day. It was packed out in the, the beer garden area, and they had... Just stacks of barrels, and they would just, you know, bring it out, throw it on the table, and there's one guy at, at each barrel just pouring. He just never shut <laughs> wow. it off, and then go out and then somebody take your money. <laughs> <laughs> I like a system like
0: that. Yeah. yeah. Man, Jeff, you did a great job on these well, thank beers. You. They and, are so good.
1: Fantastic. And
5: I, and I had a bag of the pale ale malt, and I love that. And that uh, full pint malt is excellent, and I blew through that
0: during <laughs> during, during
5: COVID. And yeah, and right. The first was you like this, Denny. It was the pale ale malt and Michigan Chinook.
0: Oh, we, nice. We
5: crushed that in 2020 sitting on the front porch.
0: Wow, I'll that bet.
5: disappeared. And yeah. then the second batch I made with that was, you know, the pale ale malt, the Pelton, right. or the, whatever it was, and. To cut to the chase, I used Zappa hops all the way through. Oh, yeah? <sighs> it was, there was this phenolic flavor. It was just too wild, uh, and I thought it was me, but then the Huda Checks made something with multi-head, mm-hmm. and they get fresh yeast, and they had the same flavor with multi-head. So I think it's...
0: The Zappa hops.
5: Zappa would be good to use with other hops, kind of as a compliment, right. but not, not the star of the show.
0: Not, not alone. This,
5: and this, we drank one keg, and... The, second cake, kiss the drain.
3: Sure. Well, I will say, just as a reminder, pints for prostates. Get your, you know, get the, get your levels checked or mammograms, 3D. Uh, make sure you're taking care of yourself, folks. Uh, the other thing is also these were all made with mecha-grade malt and as you yeah. know, right now, What's happening with Mechagrade is...
0: Mechagrade is gone.
1: Yeah. They're yeah, one, one of our gone. Oregon craft
0: yeah. malsters.
1: We just lost a Washington... Yeah, a Ska- Ska- Ska-
0: left. Yeah, uh, there, pro- there have been like probably four or five craft maltsters in the Northwest oh, yeah. closing down in the last year. Support yeah. your
5: local craft malster, too. If
0: there's any left, yeah.
5: My lo- local brewer is thinking about doing a, a rye beer, and he's asking me. He said, if you get any, and there seems to be some of the Rimrock rye still in the pipeline.
0: Yeah, I yeah. I, I bet you if you contacted Mechagrade, they'd have some around. You know,
5: yeah, whoever distributes them, and it's like, you know, yeah. Nate yeah. was going to look into it, but I haven't seen Nate. Yeah. in a little, you know, it, a week.
1: Is it? I just want to ask if the, we cannot get it anymore, um, you got a second choice? Or we'll just put that off in the
5: future. I'll I'll have to put that off in the
1: future and try something else.
0: More experimentation is required. I
1: love
0: that. Well, Jeff, thank you so much, man, for bringing these delicious beers all the way from Michigan to San Diego.
5: Annie, (laughs) hugs.
3: (laughs) Okay, guys. And thank you to Annie for offering additional commentary.
0: Annie, why don't you stick around and taste some of Graciani's beers, too.
5: And I'll send you the... The files, the recipes. Send us the recipes.
0: We'll put the recipes on our website. You guys can make versions of these for yourself.
5: Yeah. Well, thanks, guys.
0: Thank you, Jeff.
5: I I feel my obligations fulfilled.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're right. Now you can just enjoy the rest. Yeah.
5: (laughs) The lightning of the
3: soul as the the promise goes away into the wind.
0: Okay. Now it's time for more beer tasting. Come on over, Graciani.
3: And we also have Colin, too. Oh,
0: Colin. Oh, jeez.
3: I told you, there's a lot of tastings.
0: That's right. Uh, why don't you give us a little sip and then pass it around?
1: Then, all right. I'm gonna have a quick sip and then I have a talk. I'm giving. Oh. You're having a talk. I, I know. Poor souls. <laughs> I brought. A little Actually, little
0: here, I'll do this. You sit down and then we'll have people come up and.
3: All right, Colin, get your get your headset on. And you can tell people who you are, what you've brought us, what we're tasting. And then we got Graciana. Yep. We got, uh, we got and Gary. Uh, and, and Tyler. Yep. We have a full slate. <laughs> All right, Colin, say hi.
6: Hi. Who so. are you? My name is Colin Stacey. I'm with the Tucson Homebrew Club, and the beer we have open here is my interpretation of a Belgian IPA. There we
3: go. All right, what, what makes this a Belgian IPA, and what makes you happy about it?
6: Um, I've done a few iterations of this recipe. I think the most Belgian part of it is, um, for this batch, I use the y Yeast 3522, the Belgian Ardennes, Um, and I tried to pick hops that kind of would pair well with that and kind of keep the similar type of spice profile, and I've played with it a few times, and what I ended up going with, um, Cascade, Sot, Syrian Goldings, Willamette at kind of various times. Um, including dry hop. If anybody then, wants some Belgian IPA, uh, Annie's got the bottle right now. But, and then the one that, you know, I think my favorite iteration of this, and then I retried it for this one, was uh, cryo-mosaic as part of the dry hop. Mm-hmm. And I think that really kind of lent it the pop that I liked in it. Uh, that's uh, that's where we're getting that little diesel thing in the back end.
3: <laughs> well, no, well I, mean, that's, I mean, I'm not saying that as bad There, I'm saying that's... That that's mosaic, right? Mosaic Ooh. always gives you just a tiny little touch of that, that diesel.
0: And, and what yeast did
3: you use for this? You said the Ardennes, right? Oh, yeah. Great. Right. Okay,
0: great. That's so, my favorite from Belgian IPA. Also. Right, that's literally the
3: Ashuf yeah. yeast. Yep, uh, exactly. All right, and so how many variations of this did you say you brewed?
6: Oh, boy. Um, This, I don't normally number it. I do it by year, and if I do it more than once in a year, I do, like, version two. If I had to guess, maybe this is my fifth iteration, maybe sixth. And...
3: So every time little tweaks, trying to get to something that you that you really really want more. If
6: you're if you're moving from this version, you're going to do another one. What what are you thinking? I might. Or you or you. I think I'd roughly repeat it. Maybe maybe see if I can go a little bit harder on Cryo Mosaic, but it's normally like an ingredient availability thing. Right. Uh, the first time I did it with that, the brew shop I was using at the time, um, the uh, brew shop in Baton Rouge, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> L.A. Homebrew was the name of it. Um, they had that available only a, for a little bit, and then the next time I went to brew it, it wasn't available. Right. So that kind of hampered it. Um, but my brew shop in Tucson has it, um, Brew Your Own. And it might just be limited on that, but I would probably up the Cryo and give it a little bit more of that kind of pop. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, I'm pretty happy with this round.
0: It's very nice. I'm really enjoying it a lot. Yeah, I
6: mean, it's, it's got the right
3: blend of American hop funkiness to it. Mm-hmm. And that Ardennes yeast, I love that in a Belgian IPA because it does some phenols, but not enough to really screw with the, the hop level.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. I, I always
3: find like the problem with Belgian IPAs is that you get that push-pull between the yeast and the hops. Yeah. So in this particular case, I think Ardennes is a wonderful choice for this. Yeah. Right.
0: Colin, thank you, man.
3: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I
0: appreciate me. it. I appreciate it. Let's sneak Gary in because he's got to go to a session.
3: All right. Gary, get your butt over here. <music> This episode is brought to you by the American Homebrewers Association. Up your IPA game with Homebrewing Techniques, Craft Beer Clone Recipes, and a free book from the American Homebrewers Association. Push your brews to the limits with Brewing Eclectic IPA by Dick Cantwell. Or dive into the science and history with IPA, Brewing Techniques, Recipes, and the Evolution of India Pale Ale by Mitch Steele. Join for one year and receive your choice from 60 different brewing books. Head to homebrewersassociation.org slash experimental for offer details. That's homebrewersassociation.org/slash experimental.
0: This spring, Y Yeast is featuring two yeast strains that have revolutionized craft brewing: 1056 American Ale and 1318 London Ale Three. These legendary strains have shaped many beers over the decades, and the king of craft beer itself, the IPA. From iconic American IPAs to New England styles, these Brewmasters favorites are available year-round in the Activator Smack Pack system for your next brew day. Our featured strains are complemented with a limited release of 1217 PC West Coast IPA, a yeast with balanced neutral character and a good flocculation, and 2575 PC Kolsch 2, for brewing a German IPA or keeping it traditional with a rich profile and soft malt finish for Kolsch. Available now through June. Head over to whyeastlab.com for our latest brewing advice and more info on this spring's legacy curation. Let's get brewing.
3: And always remember to thank the people that bring you beer.
0: <laughs> yeah, That's important really. The rule in life. Because <laughs> then they'll bring you more.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Gary Glass.
0: That's right. We are now going to be having a few words with Gary Glass, uh, the former executive director of the AHA, and now an award-winning commercial brewer, trying to figure out how the hell to get his headset on. <laughs> thank, thank God he brews better than uh,
7: <laughs> Yeah. Well, my problem is I've got a tiny head, too.
0: So. Oh. <laughs> as, opposed, as,
3: opposed as opposed to As to us, me, yeah. yeah. <laughs> freaking
0: planetoid for a head. Oh. I thought, I didn't realize you were talking physical size.
3: Oh, yeah. Well, no. Ego size, there's
7: no measuring that. Right. All right.
0: So how you been, man? I've been great. So you're at left-hand?
7: Yes. Yeah, we're, I'm a head brewer at left-hand brewing company now.
0: And where? And that's in Denver?
7: It's in Longmont, Colorado. Longmont? Where, where oh, yes. in it's, a, it's a mile away from my house.
0: Oh, man. So do you feel like you can never go home from work?
7: Sometimes,
3: yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Look,
3: I, I have to ask, because we, we were talking about this earlier. This is your first homebrew con not actually being in the hot seat. Yes. Not not being the one having to go, okay, that's breaking, that's breaking, we've got to do this, plug that hole. How's the experience, buddy? Oh, way better this side.
1: Yeah,
7: Yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying it. It's great to be an attendee at this event.
0: So what's the best part of being a commercial brewer?
7: Uh, I mean, I think the best part is, is... Making something that that people enjoy, you know, like I love going to beer festivals and having people come up to me and say, like, "Oh, I really love the the beer you're making." That's super rewarding. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Not not everybody gets that opportunity. So now, when I think of Left Hand, I think always the the nitro milk stout. Mm-hmm. That, that, absolutely, that, our flagship.
3: Right, I was gonna say, which by the way, that's
7: freaking unusual, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. There aren't many breweries out there that can uh, can do a flagship as a stout. So. <laughs>
3: For you, I mean, because of course that, that recipe has been around for a good long while. Uh, like now that you're doing the brewing, what, what have you brought to the table? Like, would you
7: get to introduce anything? Uh, well, no, yes, yes. yes. Uh, we're, I mean, every everything in, in brewing is constantly evolving because we're we're using agricultural products, and sure, so uh, you know, to access to, to different uh, different ingredients changes over time, and. Uh, I think that beer in particular used to use a lot more imported uh, hops and, and malt, And so the, those things are, are, are constantly being tweaked. The challenge is to make sure the beer doesn't taste any different right changing up ingredients. And that's a big part of my job is making yeah. sure that that beer has to be consistent. That's our breadwinner. so um, yeah, Can't I, mess with that one. I, I can't mess with that one. So now let me ask, how big is the brewing system at left hand? Uh, The 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 main brew house is uh, 60 barrels, uh, and then uh, we have a seven-barrel pilot system.
0: Cool. So, what's your favorite beer to brew? Uh,
7: Um, I I I really like our triple. Yeah. Bronze medal with that. Uh, it it also waters really easily, so that's there you go.
0: Yeah.
7: Um, I honestly don't get to brew very much anymore, other than on our pilot system. (laughs) <laughs> don't really have eight hours to be standing on the brew deck anymore, which I, I miss yeah, I'll tremendously. Bet, yeah. But so let me ask,
3: do you still go home to the basement brewery? I do,
7: yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't I, I'll admit I don't homebrew as often as I used to, but I still homebrew I when mean, we just Wow I love the beers we make, but there's a lot of things that we don't make that I wanna drink. So
0: Well, and especially yeah. if you don't actually get a chance to brew at work, you know, you, you kinda get your, your brewing fix in your basement.
7: Yeah, yeah. I do get plenty of free beer though, so that that is detrimental to my uh, incentive to brew. <laughs> this is true.
0: So do you have a beer in your mind uh, that you would like to have Left Hand start brewing?
7: Yeah, my my saison recipe,
6: <laughs> which was
7: actually the it's my favorite recipe. It's the the beer that I've brewed the most. Uh, much of it thanks to Drew. Uh, that, that, that recipe has evolved over time, but yeah, a, a lot of input that I've gotten from from Drew over the years, uh, and. There was, when I, uh, whenever we go through the the certification process for for brewers, it takes about, you know, five to six months for a brewer to go from getting hired to being a fully certified brewer. At that point, you then get to make your own recipe and brew it on the pilot system. Wow, cool. I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to brew this recipe on on this kind of scale and have people buy my beer. Uh, So I, I had to go with that recipe. And so... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I I always bring it up, but um.
0: But they haven't uh, let you do it yet.
7: If if we could I, get more people buying saison commercially, I'd be a happy camper. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the big problem is that it's a it, saison is a French word, and people get it. <laughs> Americans are afraid of anything French.
1: <laughs>
7: oh so, well. Yeah, you know, people miss my emphatic well, gesture.
1: Yeah,
7: I I mean, a big part of that is just pronunciation. Most French, I have no idea how to pronounce, so I I can kind of relate. And so, if you don't know how to pronounce it, are you really going to order it at a bar?
0: What you need to do then is put a pronunciation guide on the beer menu.
7: I'll I'll have that, sa,
0: zah. Yeah, really.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right, what else we need to get from Gary?
0: Handshake. Because we've already had hugs. <laughs> it's, it's so, you, so good yeah. to see oh, you, great buddy. great to see you guys. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. So good to be here.
3: But Like I said, it's also, it's an amazing change of pace to see you walking around the festival. But yeah, this whole experience with a carefree smile. (laughs) And and not a kind of a a half-buried, constant look of panic.
7: (laughs) Yeah, a fast-paced walk because I'm always uh, needing to be somewhere else. That's right. Really. I I like being relaxed at this event.
1: There
0: you go. That's the idea. It's the best time to be. Yeah, I'm
7: I'm relaxing, not worrying, and having a homebrew.
0: There you go. Perfect. (laughs) It's the motto of life. Well, thanks for taking the time to uh, to talk with this man, and be sure to give Aaron a big hug. Okay, for
7: absolutely. we Will do. Yeah,
0: and if you have time, you can stick around and taste some of Grassiani's beers, because yeah. he's good. Alright. <laughs> the next generation of countertop home distillation systems is here. The all-new AirStill Pro from Still Spirits is a revolutionary still that will look right at home alongside your everyday kitchen appliances. The small-batch, two-in-one distillation System operates in either pot still or reflex mode and allows you to craft high quality, light and dark spirits at home. No hoses, no complicated assembly, just plug and play. The Airstill Pro column cools itself with a built-in high-powered fan. The Still Spirits Airstill Pro is available now at your favorite homebrew retailer. Learn more about the Air Still Pro at stillspirits.com or check them out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. Getting accurate measurements of your beer is one of the keys to improving your brewing. The Pro Series Hydrometers from Brewing America will help you help your beer. These American-made NIST traceable hydrometers are accurate, easy to read, and the kits come with a cleaning brush and cloth and a borosilicate test flask that uses half the sample size of most flasks. That means less beer for testing and more beer for you. Brewing America is a small, family-owned business of husband-and-wife veterans so when you buy a Brewing America hydrometer, you're not only getting a great piece of equipment, you're supporting the people who support America. Brewing America hydrometers are available on Amazon or at www.brewingamerica.com. So, uh, Graziani, this is Gary. Gary Graziani.
3: Hey, you know, it, it, it's you. funny to me, but we seem to have a habit of having Graziani on at the con shows. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's true, that's true. This is what, is this the third time you've been on for one of these shows, man?
3: I think the third, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's what I thought, yeah.
3: Well, we were just reminiscing about the time that you came on with Fred and pouring massive Wee Heavies.
8: Yeah, so these are massive.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So, Graciani has pulled out a a whole set of cans for us to try. Uh, So, where are we going to start, bud?
8: I I prefer you guys try the... Sammy Claus clone I brewed with my good friend who Sally passed away last week, Austin Harris. We Mm -hmm. brewed this December 2021 using, I think we mixed both recipes at your club webpage because I think they're different. Yep. Um,
3: Yeah, there's the old school one that has a lot of different ingredients and there's the Falcon's Claw Simplified that has a much more streamlined profile.
8: I think, I don't remember what we changed, but it's a mix of those two and we had to wait until we got the actual... Um, seasonal yeast, that's, yep. that was the tough part. So it's been lagering for about a year and a half. <laughs> and it did come out at 14%. Good,
3: that's exactly where it should. Um, yeah, it, actually, oh. hey, uh, while we have a moment, uh, tell people about Austin.
8: So, yeah, Austin was a home brewer, great dad, musician, really good friend. He just suddenly passed away in his sleep at his house um, the 15th. We have no idea what happened. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we're still going through that.
0: We're pretty much in shock, I would imagine. Yeah, those first two days were rough. Yeah, I was
3: because I saw the the club, uh, you know, like suddenly all the all those notices lit up, and and everybody kind of being in absolute disbelief.
8: And just in time for our yearly homebook, I mean the the competition that the club um, plans, and he actually had some medals too. So, yeah.
0: This, man, this is rich. It really hides that 14% alcohol really well.
3: Well, and again, so that Santa Claus recipe, uh, the one I have always starts at like 1140 original gravity, right? So it's a massive beer. And the problem with it is always making sure that you get it so it doesn't taste sweet. And I mean, what I get here is I mean, I get those like little sweet cherry tones, those little sweet high alcohol tones,
8: but I don't get sugar-smacking sweetness to it. Yeah, I think this one was 11:45.
1: Yeah.
8: Uh, where, where'd you come down to? I don't know, man. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Look, it could be ish. We're all homebrewers here.
8: It's... I think I have it somewhere here. Wait, give me a sec. Make a guess. I have no idea. I'm really...
3: <laughs> I think usually when I do it, I get the, the the years when I do something right with these. It turns out to be like 10 11 from 11.40, which is terrifying.
0: Wow.
8: No, it really? didn't dry up that much. It was like 10.35 to 10.40. Yeah, okay.
3: yeah, a lot of times I get mine to stall out around like uh, 10.20, 10.25-ish. Yeah, uh, but I like the flavor here. I, you said this is a year plus now? Year and a half. Year and a half. And you you, you are starting to pick up some of that sort of brown oxidation thing that mm-hmm. the Sammy Claus always carries. Uh, over on the Falcons Social Hour, I had uh, the 2017 Falcons Clause on tap. Uh, and you can tell it's totally gone oxidized and started to go real hard sherry. Uh, uh, But again, hey, that's what happens with these beers.
0: But in a good way, right? Oh,
3: yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I also wanted to uh, to tell people, since they can't see, uh, you have this all in 12-ounce cans.
8: Yeah, I have that big 100-pound manual canner. The All-American? I think so. That's actually more expensive than the electronic. No one's now. So I don't want to change it because of that.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I have to ask, for your experience as a homebrewer with cans, what do you
8: you think? It's so much easier. Um, I mean, I have OCD, so I still purge them with CO2 and sanitize them, which some people say is overkill. Um, But even doing that, it's still so much easier, just hooking a silicone hose to the tab, going from the bottom up and just camping on foam. It's I mean, mine is manual, so it takes longer, but with the newer ones, you just put it there, press a the button, yep. and yeah.
0: yeah. Well, huh. yeah, it's not that big a deal. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: No, but I mean, still, it's nice. To, I, I'm. I know you and I have had discussions before about canning at the homebrew level. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know,
3: I like seeing canning at the
7: homebrew level. So, yeah. I, think I think it's just fun. What, what do you think, yeah. Gary? Uh, I I love this beer. We're really well executed. Um, I, I totally agree. The yeah. some of those nice sherry notes in there. Yeah. Um, not overly sweet, but lots of that Munich malt, and uh, you get the, that grape prune thing going on. So
0: That's, that's what I was going to say, too, man. I was getting some grape yeah. out of it. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
7: Just, I love this beer. Nice yeah. job. Thank you. You, you know, you got to think, like, it's
3: weird. It's weird because all of us came up in brewing and homebrewing a while back, right? I mean, like, we're not, like, new brewers to it. We're not new beer people. So we got a chance to see all these kind of classic beers from around the world. And and I think like something like Sammy Claus or a lot of the Belgian beers that, that we grew up sort of cutting our teeth on, are now getting harder and harder and harder to find. So it's nice that we can preserve some of it.
0: Yeah, really. But yeah. Woo. Yeah. It's been warming. <laughs> yeah, I can drink a lot of this, except I couldn't drink a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> well,
3: uh, uh, sir, this is a
8: session beer, a session of one.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what else we got there?
8: All right. So the second one is. Uh 15% Imperial Style that I brewed about three and a half years ago. Uh, no, you are way, so you, good
0: at hanging on to beers, man. But, I know, right?
3: But but also, so good at fitting that Fred Bonjour model of... Yeah. It, it's not 15%?
8: <laughs> <laughs> this one was aged in a brandy barrel for about oh. six months. And it's been in that can two and a half years, maybe?
3: Oh, good. See, the, this is always one of those questions that people will have, is like... Yeah, how well, do, how well can you age a beer in a can, right? We'll see. <laughs>
0: the pragmatic I, answer. I
7: know what the manufacturer will say. Well, the manufacturer will probably tell you, no, don't it's, do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the liner's guaranteed for about a year.
3: Oh, now, really? No, by the way, I can tell you just from just from the, the little splash that's on the top of the can, this is motor oil colored.
0: This, yeah, this is a dark, thick beer. I can tell just by looking at it.
3: It's like aged soy sauce in terms of the color.
0: Yeah.
3: And we got a dog on the label. Yeah. All
0: right. Oh, look at that stuff. Holy cow. Woo. I drained this out of my crankcase. So if, if, you, if your crankcase smelled this good,
3: I'd be under your car every week.
8: The, the non-barrel HBR, I submitted to Nationals, and somehow it got a 45 and a 25. <laughs> Wait, in the, in the same judging? The same table, yeah.
3: Wow, that's not supposed to happen. But, whew, you know, it's so weird. I like, say, do do I smell this, and I'm expecting a big bomb of coffee. Like, because like, the, the nose is that sort of dark, burnt coffee roast, right? But then I get into the flavor, and there's a roast character there, but it's not that same aggressive, like,
0: uh, oh. You know? there's, means, there's some, like, kind of undertone to it that I can't quite put my finger on. Um, oh man, but the oh the finish oh geez that's yeah. just gorgeous. Because
3: well, it, it comes off initially with all that roast, you know, the coffee nose, and then when you're tasting it, just the barest hint of hops in the back end, but the whole front of that beer, it feels like a kind of a long glide down like a a chocolate luge.
1: Right? <laughs> chocolate <laughs> luge. <laughs> hmm. Hey, I've always told people
3: use use the terminology that that. Gives the best description.
0: Uh, No, that's good. I'm going to have to remember that
3: one. Um, So tell uh, tell me about this. Because, again, two and a half half years in the can now, right? Two and a half to three years in the can, yeah. And then before that, a half year in in a barrel. In a barrel, yeah. So, I mean, we're looking at a beer with some time. Yep. How has this changed over time?
8: It is a lot more mellow. Um, Like you said, the chocolate notes are more pronounced now, for sure. But, um... I haven't had one in maybe six months, so I'm, I'm like I think I have like two more cans at home. So.
1: <laughs>
8: <laughs> so how long do you think you're gonna let them sit? Until the next share, maybe.
7: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because at 15, this is definitely a sharing beer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but it's not it's not hot. Uh, no, I, it's, I like, not. it's not. It's not when it's poured. it's like... So dark and looks really thick, but yeah. it's actually fairly dry, like nice, nice finish. Get a lot of the oak character. Um, yeah,
0: well it, it, done. I
3: mean, it, it's a terrifying staining color on this yeah. white table. <laughs> uh, definitely don't wear white while, while drinking this.
0: Oh um, man, but yeah, uh, I mean, fifteen percent—you would just never believe that based on the way it tastes and goes down.
3: Yeah. Now, let me ask. We, we talk about that a lot. You know, we talk about, oh hey, how, how well. This beer hides at a particular alcohol level. What do you attribute
8: that to with this beer? I think it's time. Time. Yeah. Um, you can make a really, hot, let's say, an 8% IPA, and in a week or two, it's gonna be hot. Doesn't matter how I think how good a brewer you are. It needs to sit for usually a month, and then it starts to die down. Um, so yeah, definitely time. Uh, this one came out of the barrel ready to go after six, eight months or so because they fermented for like. Six weeks, I think I just let it go because I didn't want it to re in the barrel, which sure. sometimes happens. Yep. So I let it go all the way, and then I barreled it, and out of the barrel, it was it was ready to go.
3: And you said it's a uh, brandy barrel, yep. like a five-gallon brandy barrel? or It's like
8: a four-and-a-half-gallon oh. barrel.
3: And then it, was it fresh to you? Like the, this was like... It had, yes. Okay. And so remembering that, okay, a smaller barrel like that, you get more contact, you get faster aging time, all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it makes sense. Like six, six months would be like... Yep, out. Yep. Um, right. Gary, any other thoughts?
7: Uh, yeah, no, I would second what you just said. Like, the, it's the smaller the barrel, the, you do have to be much more cautious. So you think about barrel aging, like, for years. Well, not with the smaller barrels because that contact, you know, the surface area is so much oh, higher. Oh, sure. Uh, but, but, and
3: the, ox- yeah. the oxygen ingress is higher. Mm-hmm. And you, yeah, you got to be careful.
7: Yeah, and, and uh, brandy barrels in particular are kind of challenging. Sometimes you get some, some interesting, weird... Off notes, but this is really clean, and I get a lot of actual oak, not, yeah. not just the brandy. Right. Yeah. No, really, and I, really I think nice. I
0: think it's that oak that contributes to the the drier kind of finish to it that keeps it from coming across too sweet, you know. But man, that finish. Woo-hoo. Oh yeah.
3: But and the place actually surprisingly where I get the alcohol in this, I get around my gums. I get a little I get a little <laughs> burn around the gum line. It's like oh yeah okay this has got booze in it.
0: Drew Burning Gums Beecham. Yeah. That,
3: that's, that's if I was a uh, blues harpist.
0: <laughs> oh, that would be great. All right.
3: So we're going to go from big and massive and chewy to something a little smaller,
8: right? Yeah, Session session Panel 5.7 ABB. <laughs> it's, it's such a pale ale.
0: <laughs> and, and Graziani brought this because he's heard Drew and I expressing our opinions about thials, and he wanted to show us that it works.
8: So hopefully well, it's not oxidized.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think the, the, the biggest point that we always make about thials is not that that we don't believe they work. It's just that it's a real damn trick to get them to work. That's
0: what I mean. Yeah. So
3: they're so aggressively over the top. Right. So with this pale ale. How did you do the whole thiolizing?
8: All right, so this one has sauce in the mash because, according to some podcasts, yep. that's the one that has the most precursors to thiols. Yep. No bittering at all. And then phantasm, cryopap in the whirlpool, mm-hmm. heliogazer yeast, and no dry hop.
3: Okay. So, what's interesting, like right off the bat, like pulling it to my nose, it's that mango and guava and passion fruit, right? <laughs> but it's yeah. not the... Like my experience with the the thiolized beers, and we said this yesterday in the talk, is usually you crack open the can, you pour yourself a, a bit, and you can hold it at arm's length, and, and or are getting hit in the <laughs> face with a mango. This one, it's much more restrained. Yep. So, he said Zot's in the mash. And yeah, I've seen a lot of people going back and forth about whether or not mash hopping actually does enough for thiolizing or... Yeah. You know, some contraindications, some people saying yes, some people saying no. Uh malt is obviously providing a lot of the thiol characteristics that heliogazer uses there to sort of unbind the the thiols.
8: How much phantasm? Two point five ounces. So a tiny amount
3: Do you remember what the recommendation is for those. I'd I'd
0: have to look it up. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. I, I know I got a pound in my freezer <laughs> I haven't used, but and
3: what's good here is again, usually with the style beers, I, I say they're kind of one note, right? But here you've got enough structural bitterness in the back of it, yeah. That it feels like a complete beer, even though it's it still is this mango passion fruit Ford aroma thing.
8: Could also be the mix. I mean, Cryo Pop is a mix of
3: yep. several hops. Well, and things. Yeah, right. right. Well, and remember, Cryo Pop—that's the the Yakima Chief's version of like, no, no. We want to target a very specific set of oils. As opposed to like a sort of an aroma discomfort they're like, no, we want these specific oils. In, in yeah, pop. right. So it's, it's much more like weirdly driven, right? Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. More by an equation. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Cryo Pop is definitely helping here.
0: I you know, and, and I, I'm going to tell you, man, most stylized beers have just kind of left me flat, and I think I like this one better than any Ooh. of the other ones I've had. Nice. Yeah.
7: Thank you. Well, because this one feels like a complete beer.
0: Yeah, exactly. Gary, let's hear yeah. from you. Um,
7: Love the nose on this. So yeah, like you said, the mango and the passion fruit and Mm -hmm. and guava get those. But I also get like an orange peel uh, Mm
2: -hmm. aroma
7: that that I think adds a adds adds a nice note. Um, It's interesting to me. I get a lot more on the nose than on uh, on the palate. So I'm not sure what would drive that. But uh, yeah, it's very very enjoyable. Yeah, Uh, just love the nose on it. It is.
0: It is. It's not a one note beer, and it's got a, a complex enough flavor, you know, that as it goes down, I find myself going, ooh, ooh, there's some of that and some of that, you know. Um, and it's, it's not over the top, which is what I generally find about people trying to make thialized beers, is that they just overdo it to the point where it's not really enjoyable. Well, it, and this is, this is in context, which seems to be a mark of most of the beers you brew,
3: you yeah. know. I mean, the problem is, like, the, the typical American brewing profile is sort of, if a little is good, more is better. Well,
0: that's the American way. <laughs> right? <laughs> and,
3: and so, in, and I think with thiols, it is actually really important to have sort of a restrained hand on it. Don't stomp on the gas.
8: You're yeah, the first, first time I made one, I dry hopped it, and it defeated the purpose. It was, right, right.
1: Yeah. Well, and
3: that's what we were, yesterday in the talk, that was that was brought up, where, uh, it, I can't remember where it was, but they said the the beers that had been done with the thiolized strains, it was the ones that, the, that had the dry hop in it that were less preferred than the ones that had no dry hop, uh, which I thought was interesting and also says to me, okay, great, if you're going to play with thials, focus on that for the aroma, but then make sure you have something in the back to kind of round out the beer, right? So you said Helium Gazer Yeast, and this is a relatively brand new recipe for you, right? And by yeah, the way, first time I made it, yeah. By the way, not oxidized, so you, yeah, you, well, you yep. succeeded there. Uh, and for people who can't see this, obviously, because you're not here, it is hazy. Yep. Uh, but not hazy with the grittiness and the mouthfeel that you don't like.
0: No, it's not gritty. There is a touch of astringency in the finish, but you know, that's gonna happen with, with all that stuff. But uh, it's it's not objectionable. It's it's simply there, you know. And there's
3: good bitters, which is sort of my
0: objective. That's right. For for no uh, for no bittering hops, it's really nicely balanced, man. So
8: if you're gonna redo this beer, what are you gonna do? I would probably make it a six point five ABV, pale ale. Pull it up? Yeah, maybe yeah, add a little wait, bit of
3: body. Wait, hold on, hold on. When did 6.5 become a pale ale? <laughs> I was
5: just going to
0: We're homebrewers, man. We can call it <laughs> whatever. You're talking to a guy that makes 14 and 15% beers, Drew. <laughs> I know, but like,
3: uh, like for me, you say pale ale, I'm thinking like 5.5. Five. You know, like, that's like sort of the, the mid-ground. Uh, yeah, it's the, the whole... Actually, I think
8: the limit, BJCP, is 6.2, I yeah, think.
3: I know. I still don't agree with that. <laughs>
7: <laughs> Nor do I. <laughs> and no matter what you do, if you're a professional brewer, you're just going to call it an IPA because that's all that I know. I know, because that's it.
0: all I was going to say, man. If it's not an IPA, then people don't want it anyway. Well, so.
3: that's, a, that's the reason why I keep telling people we need to generate a new classification of beers. Uh, interestingly, potable ales.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's pretty good.
3: Like that. Yeah. Um, but, so Graziani, a, a little bit bigger, anything else? That would be it. That would be it? But you, you sort of do the same sort of technique with the no-bittering hops and just the... Yeah,
8: yeah. Because, I mean, the I'm not even sure if I will do it again, but um, you want to taste the thials, so... Yeah. And then, like, going through five gallons of this is going to be tough. Um, So I'm going to enter a whole bunch
3: of... <laughs> <laughs> so, hold on. Why would you say going through five gallons of this stuff, just timing-wise, or...?
8: Because, I mean, I think... I do not think this is going to last... In okay. the keg more than maybe six so, weeks.
3: So for you it's it's the concern about age, which would make sense yeah, you know, here. Yeah. Uh, but I mean I like the beer. I'm not gonna argue about it. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's tasty. And it's and I do I do actually think it's probably the best stylized beer I've had.
0: I agree. I agree for sure, man. So thank you, thank you, thank you for showing sure. me another side of things, you
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> Look. Even the old man can learn something new. Well, it's
0: you know memory. what, man? It's like I know what I like, damn it, and I like this.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right. Well,
0: thanks I a mean, bunch, guys.
3: Thank you, uh, thank you, Garcia. Obviously, for bringing beer. Thank you, Gary, for hanging out and talking with us more yeah. about beer. Absolutely, my yeah. my pleasure. Yeah. God, I love this thing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whee! Okay. So is it like uh, time to wrap this peppy up?
3: I think it's time to get out of here. All
0: right, let's see if I can remember this spiel by heart. Thank you all for listening to Experimental Brewing. You can catch all of our latest writings and adventures by going to our website, experimentalbrew.com. You, like you can catch us on Twitter where we're at expbrewing. Brewing or on Facebook. We're all over the internet. You can't avoid us no matter how hard you try. You can always get in touch with us by sending us an email. I'm Denny at experimentalbrew.com and he's Drew at experimentalbrew.com. And of course, you can shoot us a text or leave us a voicemail at 626-765-1-A-L that's 626 765 One, two, five, three. So until next time, remember to always brew experimentally. Or brew wacky. And we'll see you next time on Experimental Brewing.